After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Thank you, Evan. Today's guest is the founder of the Cole Academy, a preschool educating 100 students in downtown Honolulu and opening a second location in West Oahu. She is also an on-air reporter for KHON2. Previously, she was editor of Pacific Business News, our guest has been recognized as a top business journalist for the entire western region of the United States by the Small Business Administration. After the devastating tsunami in South Asia in December 2004, she launched the South Asia Keiki Aloha Fund Drive. In just the first two days, the fund raised more than $20,000. Today, the total is nearly $50,000 and it is UNICEF's largest school achievement in the nation. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Gina Manjeri. Welcome, Gina, to our show. Thanks for having me. So the Call Academy has been open for a little over a year now. And um, I was curious to hear a little bit about your philosophy and your vision and mission since you'll be opening your Kunia location soon. The philosophy when I opened the school, I was a new parent. And I just wanted a better choice in early childhood education. All the studies say how important those years are. And I just wanted to see a school that was truly dedicated to all of the things that are supposed to bring good quality. Low ratios, small classes, a beautiful setting, and of course, safety and security uh, as, as something that's also number one. So that mission has never changed. When we opened the school, it did break ground in a lot of ways, um, starting with safety and security. We have biometric fingerprint scanning at the door and mm-hmm. surround digital video equipment and just things that you don't see in, in preschools. Add to that some ratios and class sizes that were really unheard of. We start at one to three with our youngest children and only go to one to eight with our very oldest children. And that's, in many cases, less than half the size of the uh, what is always, otherwise still a good quality preschool class at another school. So that was in great demand. And we filled up pretty quick downtown at that downtown school. The waiting list exceeds a year for babies and uh, and uh, and the younger children, and so we, we looked at our waiting lists and we said, "Where where are these parents that live that need this care so much?" It was just a groundswell of interest, and most of it was West Oahu, um, uh, as well as some people from town. But the biggest area was, "Gosh, we better do something for West Oahu." So we found a great location out in Kunia, real convenient for Eva Beach folks and Kunia. Um, Kapole, and they don't have to go down into Eva Beach because it's just up the street instead. So I think it'll be something really convenient for people. But the philosophy is just to try to bring the highest quality early childhood education to as many parts of the island as we can. When when you started off in downtown, how did you determine that you were going to do that downtown location? Because there's not a lot of preschools downtown. Oh, no, yeah. There, it was kind of an unheard of. Um, it's for It's parent care as much as it's child care. Uh, parents need need that kind of service as much as their child does, meaning you got to work, 
women these days, you, you know, we want to keep our careers going just as strong. Dads, too. You don't want to have to sacrifice career for family, although when it comes down to it, most of us know the choice we'd make. It's, it's family, of course. I wanted to try to bring a school close enough proximity to a working parent that they didn't have to make the decisions they would usually have to make. I better leave uh, work an hour early because I got to drive all the way to my preschool and pick him up. Or, uh, you know, this way you can drive into town with your kid rather than dropping him off at six and heading in. You can drop him, drive all the way in, drop him off at seven thirty, get to work at seven thirty-five, leave close to six. That's a good long day at the office, and you can really show your employer I'm a parent, and uh, but I'm a good worker too. How did you come about? Determining that location, did you guys do data? Was it from a lot of feedback that you got, maybe from people when you're working at PBN? or how Sure. Did that I mean, the, the location, I knew that we wanted it to be in central downtown Honolulu. Oh. And, and fortunately, the downtown's not that big in terms of square blocks. So we figured any building that is has the qualities of a building that we need will be a fine choice, whether it's down at Merchant and Bethel or up at... Alakea and Baratania. We sort of have those those boundaries to downtown. So we um, said, well, what does a school need to have? And well, primarily it needs to have a outdoor play area, and that cancels out pretty much <laughs> most of the properties in yeah, downtown. That's surprising that you have that. Oh, this play is area in yeah, the back. This is it's, what is just yeah, meant to be about that building and that school. There's essentially two buildings downtown that would give us number one ground floor access, which by zoning you need to be on the ground floor. Um, for for your entry and your exit, mm-hmm. and then also um, to have the outdoor playground, and it's pretty much the C. Brewer Building, which is that lovely uh, uh, University of Phoenix building now, and then this building, and, and that's pretty much it with a private courtyard. Mm-hmm. Remarkably, that building was vacant. It had been Honolulu Publishing for a number of years, um, and uh, the Honolulu Magazine. With the lady who's currently our landlord is amazing and just saw the vision of that. It used to be a bank, it used to be government offices, it used to be a magazine, and you wouldn't think when you saw that building before it was a preschool walking in, the ornate carved ceilings, green marble on the walls, copper-clad windows and doors and high arches, you'd never think to put a preschool in there. But now that it is, a lot of people come in and they say, wow, it couldn't be anything different. It's just a glorious amazing place and the children and parents alike i think walk in and go wow (laughs) i think it makes a difference for for kids and it's serene um is the best word i can think despite despite the hubbub and and the energy that's in there there's a grand player piano at the door when you walk in and it's just kind of a place that's that's unusual for for children that young thanks for tuning in stay tuned for more on greater good radio After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Radio.
You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is Gina Manjeri, founder of Cole Academy, a preschool educating 100 students in downtown Honolulu and opening a second location in West Oahu. Gina is also the interactive news director for KHON2 and KGMB9. So being that your specialty is in journalism, did you just use your parenting skills and what you wanted in a preschool to decide what you wanted to to have in this school? Where did you get your business vision from? Sure. I grew up in an entrepreneurial family in terms of business. Uh, always was involved in family businesses quite heavily. My husband um, and I have other family businesses that we've run here in Hawaii prior to this. And I do have a master's in business, an MBA from UH. So from the books and the past experience I and from running Pacific Business News' newsroom, we see a lot of success and failure stories. So I think again, by the books, so to speak, I know what makes a good and bad business. Number one, you've got to have market demand, which we have in spades for early childhood education. There just aren't enough preschools. So that's a given. And number two, looking at what's product differentiation, what are you doing differently? And some of the things I mentioned before, from from biometric security to unheard of low ratios and class sizes, um, that redefines, that writes the book. Um, our Our prices are higher. But so is the value. So I, I, those business principles you can apply to just about any industry. Now, I am not a teacher, but like you say, I am a parent. And I was a shopper for daycare services and preschool before I opened this. And I was on the board of other educational institutions, um, including preschool, in which I saw some excellent organizations known as being excellent that still could go ahead and notch it up a little bit. And that's what I thought that we could do. So I, I don't know how to write the curriculum, but we hired experts to do that. I don't know what the, you know, the, the, uh, the lesson plan should say, but our director does and our teachers do. So I just, we pay, uh, our, our wages are well above scale for this industry. So we pay, pay the best and I think we get the best and they work hard for sure, but they know what they're doing. And my role is just to continue to be a choosy parent. <laughs> so if anything, I think that in a way, that's a makes for a good owner because I am just like any other parent who walks in that door. I look at it as a parent first and an owner second. I don't make decisions as that an owner might like just pack the kids in that class or this. We, we run our classes intentionally small for the number of kids we could put in the school, for instance. So there's a lot of decisions that you look at and go, oh, that's a dumb business decision, but it's a right education decision. Mm-hmm. So I think we've struck a balance there. Um, because I am a parent and the owner, we uh, were able to make some some socially conscious business decisions in that we don't maximize profits. Of course, we're not in the business to lose money, but we've I think we've struck a nice balance. We have enough kids to make it work, but we've intentionally not enrolled probably 30 or 40 that we could based on the square footage and, you know, the technical things, the capacity of our building. So you won't give up quality in order to just make a buck, is what you're saying, right? And I'm saying it would be it would be easy, which like is I actually say. a good business decision. It is in the mm-hmm. end because I mean you could you could pack kids in there and and have huge classes and high ratios and and no education mm-hmm. come out of it at the end. And and we have don't get me wrong, we have work to do. Any every organization should always think they have work to do. I think even on our you know even on a bad day we're we're probably on par with with. Some basic standards on a good day. Oh, man, they're on fire. It's just it's great to see the things that are going on. And, and our teachers are amazing. 
we, we're always wanting to improve. Uh, but I think we have, we have the vision in mind. We know what we want to be. We know what we want to deliver. We try to be proactive with parents asking, how are we doing? What can we do better? And as much as I can be there, which are my days off or after, uh, mornings off or before or after work when I pick up my kid, I really sincerely mean it when I look at a parent. How are you? How is, how is your experience here? And mm-hmm. please tell me how I can fix it. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek Work with Monsters so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Gina Manjeri, founder of Cole Academy, a preschool educating 100 students in downtown Honolulu and opening a second location in West Oahu. Gina is also the interactive news director for KHON2 and KGMB9. When we first had met, I thought, wow, they've really, it almost seems like this is not your first business, which is what you've just mentioned. What have you learned from previous businesses that has built this business into what it's become? Because, I mean, in one year, you're have an extremely successful business, already expanding into a second location, and that's something that a seasoned entrepreneur can do, not necessarily, I'm not necessarily that a you know, first-time entrepreneur can't do it, but you don't see it as much. You don't see, no, it is difficult, yeah. for sure, and this is a challenge, this is a state-regulated business, this is hard, you're dealing with people's children. Um, I, you know, I think it comes down to core issues that any business should keep in mind, which is customer service. And my family businesses when I grew up was retail and, and some, some real estate. Maybe the retail more was where I developed my principles for customer service. I've always tried to carry that into journalism, which um, is, is often an anomaly because I do, I do. I think of viewers as customers and I want to communicate with them and stay in touch. And at this school, same thing. And my husband's in the tourism business, which is all about customer service. So I think I've always believed if we can bring that principle into it, that it's got to end up with good results. And especially here, so I think what we do that's unique here is we recognize that this is a business, but a socially conscious business, in that um, we're not just stuffing kids in there and trying to make a buck and, you know, like we talked about, maximizing square footage or or what have you. Um, We're trying to serve two customers, a child and their development, and a parent and their confidence in their development and their confidence in the safety and security. So we have two, two customers. We try to you know, teach our staff to think that way. You have your, your little two-foot-tall customer who you're with day-to-day, but don't forget the parent and the feedback and, and all of the things to do to make sure they're getting what they're looking for. And again, like I say, I, I think we can always improve on that, but the intention is there and to always ask, what can we do? How, how are we serving you? What can we do for you? How can we make it better if we need to get better? And how can we continue to improve? And, and that 
you won't find that in most nonprofits. You won't find that in in a lot of schools that aren't owned by someone who cares deeply about the product. My kid's in there, too. If something's not working, I want to make it right. That's, mm-hmm. It's not working for coal if it's not working for somebody else. So you can believe it if that whether the message from a customer is positive or negative, we care a lot. You know, one thing, one thing going back to the, the experience in ter- terms of entrepreneurship is that when you set this business up, you set it up to own the business and not necessarily run it and manage it. Right. How many times did it take you before you came to that realization? Because most first-time entrepreneurs set their business up and then they're in there 24 hours a day. Yeah, I mean, I think from the get-go, I knew that this is, I, I am not qualified to be the person running it day-to-day in terms of licensing. I'm not a director. I'm not a teacher. I, I can, I'm qualified as an aide. I can go in and help and change diapers and help read books if I needed to. Um, but I knew just strictly from licensing principles that this is not something that I could do. Um, number two, it, it's not something that I feel I have a natural strength and doesn't that sound terrible? I know that I am a better worker than I am mother, terrible as that is to say. I know that if I can turn my child over into the hands of experts all day, and I get my work done and then see him and spend my version of quality time with him, I feel he'll be better educated. If I were to stay at home with him, and this is not an indictment of stay-at-home mothers or fathers, if you can do it, that's amazing. There's nothing like that. I just don't feel I knew enough about early childhood education to be a stay-at-home mom and to give him the experience that he needed. Because I knew so little about it, I knew I needed to assemble experts, turn him into their care, and see what came of it. And I'm continually astounded by what he comes home knowing and saying and, and doing. And I reminded every day I couldn't have done that myself. So was that a difficult choice for you? Or was it pretty simple that you wanted to have him with an expert during the day? I mean, because a lot of people that are professionals kind of are at a tug of war thinking, should I go back to work or shouldn't I? And, you know, I'm the best for my child, but really, am I? You know, was that it, difficult? For me, it was not difficult. I felt, for all the reasons that I mentioned in the, in the previous answer, that for me, it was a very easy decision. I want him to be in some kind of care. And it was because I was shopping for childcare that I, and had, having had my trustee and board experience, that I knew, gosh, something can be done better. But I knew that was what I wanted. That was what was best for me. I would have a ball hanging out with him all day. But would his day end up as enriched as it could have been? Not, not with me, just because I don't know how to personally educate a child to their fullest at home alone with them. Mm-hmm. I probably could learn it, but I, I know that I also could, by the power of a vision and a mission, gather a couple dozen of the best professionals I could find, put them in as beautiful a building as I could find, put them in there in a social setting with other children, which is as much about daycare as the education part, and the results would be a, a multitude greater than what I could have done at home alone uh, with me and him in the neighborhood. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Neptune nights, we're feeling fine, we're staying cool.
hold on Hawaiian time. Neptune ice, the sunshine in your mouth. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party, or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is Gina Manjeri, founder of Cole Academy, a preschool educating 100 students in downtown Honolulu and opening a second location in West Oahu. Gina is also the interactive news director for KHON2 and KGMB9. What number of business is this for you that you've started? Mm, let's see. My, um, my husband has a tour operation, a charter uh, boat business out of Ko'olina. Mm-hmm. It's become actually quite a big uh, excursion kind of day-to-day operation. So that was our first business that we started here. Out of that came the Hawaii Nautical, his company's called Hawaii Nautical. Out of that came the Hawaii Nautical Marine Life Foundation. One of the features of his tours on the west side is viewing dolphins and turtles and fish, and it's quite a pristine environment. We want to do our part to give back, so a portion of proceeds from every trip goes into that foundation, which in turn goes into anything we can do to help sustain the environment out there. Um, so it was a small nonprofit, but... A, uh, a little other operation, nonetheless, um, and then and then this one, the schools. Do you think that from the previous business or the one that's currently running, mm-hmm. you thought, wow, you know what, this business has to be a little bit different in terms of the way you run it? What what did you learn from the previous business that you can that you applied to this business that made the biggest impact? Do you think? I think the customer service mm-hmm. dedication made the biggest impact, and, and I think makes the biggest difference. Where where schools can tend to be kind of old-fashioned in their approach to customers. You leave your kid here, we know exactly what to do, walk away and pick them up at five. And that's not how we want to be. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's how we are, I hope. When a parent walks in and feels that way, it's it's interactive. It's, hey, you know, you're part of this education experience as much as us, and we really want people to feel that when they come in, um, which is one reason we, we set up even the security as we did with fingerprint pass you can come in as you please and, and, and go out. We know that it's secure. Cause you, so everything about it is set up to keep the customer involved and keep the focus on the student uh, for the parent. So that, that is something that I carried over that was a perfect match. You've got to focus on the customer, in this case two customers, a little mm-hmm. one and a big one. And things that don't apply, um, it's a whole different hiring approach. We're looking for passion and dedication and energy in both businesses, certainly, but in a climate of extreme teacher shortage. And it's hitting everybody. How um, many employees do you have then? Oh, gosh, 25, including you know some part-timers in that at this point. So with the second location, you have 50 or yeah, more? Yeah, we'll have probably about 50 when, when all, all, all full-timers and part-timers are said and done. And your business with your husband ha- has how many employees? Mm, that's a little over a dozen. 
So you're a major employer in Hawaii. <laughs> that would make us. That's that, what I'm that getting. Literally to. does make us a major employer, believe it or not. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's oh, God, it, it's such a challenge to be an employer in a period of record low. When you find the gems, and we have them in spades down there, you just want them forever. And and it's a high stress job, even with our small classes, even with the low ratios. Even though a teacher is is teaching a class half the size of what they would be expected to at another school, you can still get exhausted. And so what we have found to be the struggle is, if anything, the the longevity a person can have in that line of work. Because you put your heart and soul in that. You probably don't think you, you go to sleep thinking about those children, I'm sure. So we have had we have had a challenge with finding the folks that want to be teachers Forever, let's say. So mm-hmm. where we have had turnover, and this is what, from what we're hearing, par for the course in, in preschools statewide, it's folks that just decide, I, I just don't want to teach anymore. I want to go in a different career. It is a traditionally low-paying job. So even though we pay sometimes 20%, 30% above industry standard, other industries are, are better. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. You know, you could go work in, in administration somewhere else and, and probably make more as you make as a high-paid preschool teacher. What are you finding that's the most important in terms of retaining these uh, employees? Are you finding it's pay? Are you finding it's recognition? Sure. Uh, professional development? What, what sure. have you, know, you put into place? Sure. The, the folks that have been with us the longest, I think, take advantage the best out of our opportunities for, for professional development. We have a curriculum specialist on board. They take advantage of the opportunities for interaction with parents because that's that's your best feedback. You're, mm-hmm. You know, I... I try to tell them whenever I see them, oh, my God, this is the, you're doing the cutest things. Thank you so much. If there's areas for improvement, I certainly pass that along because that's I'm actually that's good. If I do, if I don't tell them what I heard, that's bad for them. Ultimately, um, I know our director is the sweetest person. So, I, you know, I think from from those perspectives, I hope they know they're loved. But the real love comes from the parents and that feedback. And so to the extent that the teacher can dedicate that time to deep levels of interaction with the parents, I think that's where they're going to find their most fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And the teachers that we have observed over time who do that know they have the confidence, they have the feedback, they they know what to do and what not to do. They know what their parents don't really mind that they don't do, for instance. So that those folks I think we're seeing the most confidence in and, and, and perhaps the, the folks who come in and it's newer to them and, and they're not quite sure how to measure mm-hmm. their deliverables if that or their, their product. I think that's where our opportunity for, for more fulfillment is. And it actually, I think, comes in the, in the parent-teacher relationship. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii.